Flight Size Insights with Kantar Australia. Hello, I'm Gareth O'Neill, Head of Brand Guidance at Kantar, and today joining me is Ryan France, Head of Brand Strategy at Kantar. Hello, Ryan. Hey, Gareth. How's it going? Really interesting. Lately, you released your work on how brands grow faster. So... I'm really intrigued by the title of that because it hints at a little bit of Ehrenberg Bass there. Are you trying to uh, challenge the theories of Ehrenberg Bass? Tell us a bit more about it. I was inspired to do it based on conversations our clients are having around the Ehrenberg Bass um, view of marketing, I suppose, um, and some of the questions that that raises. So if you take some of the laws there at, at face value, then it, um, it raises questions around what people have always done with marketing, which is try to build brands with meaning, um, try to drive loyalty. Um, and, and so there are questions about are those things still relevant or not? And sometimes the baby is thrown out with the bathwater, in my opinion, which is why I wanted to contribute to that discussion. So it, was actually, it actually started from some clients that were struggling to um, reconcile, I suppose, those principles with the way, their ways of working. So perhaps not a challenge, but more of a build? Uh, more of a build, exactly, um, because a lot of the evidence presented in that book and, and in our big data sets absolutely confirms some of the fundamental principles there. Um, and I, I suppose actually towards the end of that book, there are seven things that then come out as recommendations, and I'll, I'll list them up for you. So ensure your brand is widely distributed, um, ensure the brand is easy to buy, ensure it's salient, ensure the brand is distinctive. Make sure your brand is noticed. Ensure advertising build or refreshes brand-linked memories and reach all potential buyers. And so there's seven pretty, um, I don't want to use the word common sense because he challenges the notion of common sense. Let's look at evidence. But uh, Perhaps not controversial. That's not controversial and that's stuff that we would agree with. Um, I suppose when you say, what are we building on it? We would add a couple of, or I would add a couple of things to those seven principles and they would be... um, Ensure that your brand is perceived as meaningfully different. And that's the, that's the, you know, does brand equity matter? Does our brand mean anything? And can brands differentiate, which is disputed territory at the moment. Um, and then the last one would be tailor your strategy to context. So those are kind of presented as universal marketing laws. But I would argue that they're not necessarily universal. They're a starting point and that they can vary by context. Okay, interesting. And so... Aaron Bass obviously did a lot of work, looked at a lot of data for the last 50 years or so. So tell me, obviously, what's the, I guess, what's the weight behind the, your argument for, for why there are these builds? Yeah, actually, that's really important because in order to contribute to the conversation, there needs to be evidence. This is marketing science, right? Marketing based on evidence. Um, a lot of the, the data, of course, that is quoted by Byron Sharp is Kantar World Panel Data. And of course, Kantar World Panel Data is part of our group, right? So that's, that's our data. Um, and you know, there's a lot for us to learn if we don't look at it in aggregate, but look at the individual buying patterns within the data itself, like individual buying behavior. Um, and that, that's, that's kind of gold, but when you can combine that and go back to those, those panelists individually and ask them about their relationship with brands, then there's a lot to learn about the interaction between brand perceptions and behaviour. Um, and that, that's where that's a build, that, that kind of single source data. Fantastic, and that sounds pretty unique. It is absolutely unique, and uh, I'm really loving the opportunity to play around with it. Yeah. 
and, and to pull out the two, the two big findings I suppose I expressed before, which brands do actually matter, brand meaning and difference does matter, and uh, context matters. Interesting. So tell me, for a marketer, what are the implications of that? How do they adapt their strategies to take account of their, their brand and the context in which it operates? Okay, well, within, within context, those universal marketing laws apply differently depending on, I suppose there are two variables that we pulled out. First of all, brand size. So the bigger brands, the laws apply differently to smaller brands. And so you need to manage your brands differently depending on their brand size. Um, and then category context, more frequent categories versus less frequent categories. They, they just operate slightly differently. And so the, the, the rules are slightly different. So if you were to combine those two dimensions and say that you're a you know, high frequency category, say uh, coffee, um, and you're a big brand within that category, that would put you in frequent category, big brand, the laws apply slightly differently from an infrequent category and a small brand. They, they couldn't read that book and apply the same principles because they vary. Uh, as one example, big brands and frequent categories, if they want to grow, are really reliant on incremental innovation. So that's products, you know, new product lines. Um, whereas that doesn't work for small brands, the thing that small brands need to focus on um, more distinctly is uh, distribution. Um, just as, one, as, as two simple examples. But those contexts will vary um, what you should be doing as a marketer. Interesting. And I, and I guess one of the key takeouts that a lot of people interpret uh, Ehrenberg Bass as is about penetration at all costs. Mm. From the work you've done, do you find that to be true uh, as a guiding principle for marketers? We found that it varies, right? So the, the brands that grow within category A, let's call it the spirits category for example, some of those growing brands we have found have been quite reliant on their existing user base and that's re-recruiting their existing users. Whereas in the coffee category we found that growing brands there um, are doing well on penetration but they're not actually getting the repeat usage that you would expect. So the two categories are behaving quite differently um, which is interesting. Again the universal law is interesting but um, narrowing in, we're finding different things. For bigger brands, um, their existing user base is, is really quite critical. Um, for media brands in a category, medium-sized brands, in terms of penetration and acquisition, they are um, more heavily reliant on bringing people into the category itself, which is a different marketing task than stealing from competitors, which is what a small brand needs to do. Okay, so, so really quite nuanced in the way that you'd recommend for brand growth, uh, marketers behave and, and, and what they do in marketing. Yeah, and I suppose um, one of the great things about Ehrenberg Bass is that it helps simplify marketing a little bit. So was it Einstein that said that everything should be as simple as possible, but not simpler? And I suppose I'm arguing that we just need to, to dig below the surface in the way that our brands and our categories behave to tailor the right approach for our brands, which adds a little bit of complexity. Um, but I think that's the reality of how the world actually works in marketing. And the payoff is how much greater. Faster growing brands. And so we found that you know, when you really dig into the data that um, tailoring to contacts can produce 45% faster growth than, than a penetration at all costs mantra. Which I'm sure is pretty motivating to most. Yeah, absolutely. People are very open to hearing that message. So um, we're finding a lot of our, our clients are interested in hearing more about that. And tell me, you talked about the the benefit of having not just the behavioural data but the attitudinal data. So what do you see the role of brand equity uh, playing? Um, so Byron argues for distinctiveness over differentiation um, and his point on differentiation is that um, you know, the old economic theory of us as consumers making rational distinctions between 
you know, our alternatives and weighing up cost versus benefit is not how consumers actually behave, which is something we agree with entirely. Um, I suppose what we're saying is that distinctive brand assets do more than just get a brand recognised and make it familiar, but they actually connect to some implicit meaning. And that when marketers don't respect what that implicit meaning is, they can start being inconsistent in the way that they execute their brands. Um, and they can start giving pretty bland and, and um, sometimes very naive briefs to their creative agencies about how they want to build their brands. So uh, we're arguing that it's, it's not just distinctiveness, that, that distinctive has some, distinctiveness has some symbolic meaning behind it that marketers really need to understand if they want to maintain their, their brands and grow them. Really interesting, I think really useful and valuable. 45% faster growth is really something to shoot for. So thank you very much, Ryan Franz. Thanks, Gareth. I, I can't stop talking about this stuff, so anytime.